0: Let's go. Hi, it's Joey Remini here from seekingbalance.com.au. I'm a vestibular audiologist and neuroplasticity therapist specializing in chronic vertigo and chronic tinnitus. My favorite part of my career is being able to connect with clients who have recovered and who have gone through the journey of healing using neuroplasticity. And today I'm really delighted to introduce you all to Julie. So welcome to the call, Julie. Hi. (laughs) Hello. How, how does it feel to be sitting here knowing that, did you watch any of the recovery case studies before you decided to join the Rocksteady community? I certainly watched one of them really early on. I can't remember if I'd
1: already done the seven-day program or not, but um, I certainly, I yes, I did watch one. I didn't want to watch a lot, mm. but I did want to get a flavour of what was going on.
0: Yeah, and how does it feel to be sitting in the chair saying, wow, I'm sharing my story. How does that feel? Does it feel surreal?
1: It feels, um, it feels strange because I couldn't have done this after any of the other things that I'd tried. Um, mm. None of them gave me the, I don't know, the feeling that I'd really made a difference
0: so let's start from the beginning. Talk people through what your symptoms were if you had a diagnosis, what that diagnosis was, because I know that can all be a bit airy yeah. fairy and changeable. Yeah. But who was this Julie when we first met and we had our first initial consultation?
1: Yeah.
0: Who was that woman? Okay.
1: When I first found you, it had been a 10 year journey. Mm-hmm. So my first symptoms occurred ten years ago a little bit more, Um, and just getting out of bed, Mm -hmm. room spinning, um, not having any idea what had just happened to me and being scared, like completely scared. Um, And I battled that happening off and on for, you know, for 10 years I tried physio, I did all sorts of things. About... Five years in, maybe, um, I got a diagnosis of um, BPPV, Mm -hmm. which um, seemed to be exactly what it was. I mean, I had a brain scan and all sorts of stuff, you know. Um, I was on, um, you know, anti-anxiety medication because I was so... There was something that sat underneath all my emotions. There was this fear... Even when I wasn't feeling vertigo, um, there was this fear that it could come back at any minute. So there was this constant feeling of fear that I mostly suppressed but it was always there. And, of course, every time I felt a slight wobble, I thought it was going to happen again. So it just fed into itself. And I got the diagnosis and it... And it rang true to me, but it didn't take the fear away.
0: Mm-hmm. Can I just ask, did you get successful treatments or did you get a half treatments?
1: No, I got successful treatment, but it took a while for it to be successful because I couldn't, I was too frightened to let them do it, the, the procedure in the beginning. I was too scared of feeling dizzy. Mm-hmm. Which is under- I avoided it for a long time.
0: Yeah. So just for people listening, BPPB, benign paroxysmal positional vertigo is the most common form of vertigo. And the good news is it's completely treatable. This is the kind of condition that you can have diagnosed and treated literally within 24 hours. It's a simple mechanical hiccup in the inner ear. I've personally had it twice. It's, it's incredibly common, all ages, all genders. It's it is BPPV does not actually mean you have an, an injury or a disease of the inner ear. It, it happens in normal, healthy people. And often it will be physiotherapists or GPs or audiologists who are treating, but not all physios, audio, audiologists, or GPs are trained in it. So sometimes you'll get a little bit of misinformation depending on where you end up. So for me, hearing someone has BPPV for five years until they get a diagnosis is an incredibly long time. And unfortunately, I'm sure there's many people out there listening who may have had a similar experience. So if you have positional short, brief spinning vertigo that feels like your head's in a washing machine for a good ten or twenty seconds, chances are you may have BPBB. Classically happens rolling in bed, looking up, bending over. So it's some yoga position. So it's when you're really moving your head dramatically, you'll get the big whoosh and your eyes spin, your world spins. So it is treatable and there are plenty of resources to help you get it treated. And so why don't we start talking about the treatment and the fear? Because obviously if our emotional system is completely in panic mode, the treatments don't really aren't aren't as effective. Are they, Julie?
1: No, they're not. And um, so I, if I, you know, it only happened every now and then, but I lived in this fear of it, I think all the time. Mm. And I had a physio who I could go to, and he would do the manoeuvre, and I would feel much better. But I going to him even was frightening because I hated doing the manoeuvre because I it may you have to be putting in, into a little spin position, and it's only for a really short time. It still feels terrible, um, <laughs> and and I was always afraid that I would I would I would get. Uh, BPPV when I was nowhere near my physio? What do I do on a weekend? What do I do on a holiday? It was, that
0: fear was debilitating in itself. And I just want to point out that is a classic codependency. Mm. And that is exactly why I built Seeking Balance International. Because there are too many people with vertigo or tinnitus cultivating codependencies on either drugs, devices, or therapists. And it doesn't need to be that way, does it?
1: that has been the single most liberating thing from doing your program i now know that i can do the maneuver and my husband and i have watched your videos which have explained it so much better than the physio's little diagrams which we would read and couldn't follow Um, i now know that I could do this anywhere, anytime if I needed to. And I'm not frightened by doing it. I'm, I still like take a deep breath and go, oh, I don't want to do this, but I'm <laughs> going to because I know it will fix me in 30 seconds. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that I have control. I don't need to go to the phys. I haven't been to the physio for vertigo since I started the program. Which, that's um,
0: amazing. That's huge.
1: Yeah. And I used to go once a month for just a, like a little maintenance check you know um and because i was afraid of, of being too far away so getting moving from that codependency has probably been one of the biggest benefits for me of the program
0: amazing yeah. now what did, what was the program for you because some people will be like you know what what's julie talking about so yeah. I offer the 12 week Rocksteady self study program, which is where people watch um, videos, audios, and do written exercises based on physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of rewiring the brain, the balance system, and the auditory system. So, what did the program mean for you? Which bits and pieces did you dabble with? How many minutes a day were you kind of doing something or doing nothing? And even, I want you to be really honest here and talk about the challenges of even the not wanting to do or the not, oh, yeah. you know, talk talk, talk about what the program was for you because people yeah. like to hear the reality. Okay. So
1: uh, I found the program by Googling and I was at a point in January of this year, so that's nine months ago, um, of where I just reached that point where I thought I do not want to waste the rest of my life feeling like this. I'm not young anymore. I don't, I, I'm so sick of feeling like this. I need to do something different. So the the sound of the program resonated with me because it was more holistic than anything I'd ever done. I'd done the physio, I'd been to the doctor, I'd had the neurology appointments, I'd done the physical exercises, but no one had kind of packaged it in. They were all working so completely separately and independently. And so the description of Seeking Balance really appealed. So I did the seven day free program. And I felt better even after doing the seven-day program. So, you know, I got an email every day with one more little thing to do over those seven days and that was easy. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a short period of time that you had to give up every day and I felt better after seven Mm -hmm. days. So then I decided that I would do the, um, the Rocksteady program, but I did the one that Joey's just described where I had... session with her after every module so um, you know I thought about that for ages you know it was a fair bit of money and I agonized over it my husband said to me so like what price do you put on your health you're talking about wanting to have your life back Um, and how much and I said well I've probably spent a lot of money over the last 10 years so I decided it was a really good investment in my health so I did the program but honestly there were days when I just did not want to even think about it because I didn't want to think about my vertigo. I, I felt like that's what I'd been doing for 10 years. I'd thought about it every day and, and stressed about it. You know, was I going to feel like it today? When I woke up, how was I going to feel? Could I get through the day okay? Um, the high and I, didn't, I didn't always want to think about it. So there were days when I just went, I'm not thinking about this. But... I worked my way through most of the things in the modules, but not everything, only the things. I didn't listen to all the audio things. I listened to some, but not all. I did do the physical exercises because they were explained in context. My physio had just said, do these exercises. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand why I was doing them. I understood why I was doing them, with Joey. I read a bit about neuroplasticity, um, and it made sense. So I did the exercises because I knew why I was doing them. But I didn't use all, the, I still haven't gone through all the resources having finished the program. I will go back and revisit lots of them. Um, but I just, I picked the ones that felt right for me at the time, I think.
0: And I, wanna, I want to, if you don't mind, would you share a little bit of the emotional journey? So yes. obviously we've started from a place of a lot of fear and a lot of what if it's going to come back and the 24-7 monster sitting at the back mm-hmm. of your shoulders just waiting to bowl you over. Yeah. And how did the Rocksteady and the private therapy emotionally support you to go a little bit deeper into those darker places in your brain where there was some healing to happen? Do you want to share any of that?
1: Yeah. It's kind of hard to describe. Joey's very easy to talk to.
0: Um,
1: and- she understands exactly what, um, what you're feeling and I think, and makes time for you to express those feelings. So, um, I think I learned to forgive myself. I don't know if that's the right word. I learned to um, stop feeling there was something wrong with me and that I wasn't dealing with it well enough. I stopped feeling that I had to always push through. I started to tell people <laughs> that I, that the vertigo had um, caused a level of anxiety. I, you know, the whole mental health, you know, discussion that goes on, I didn't want anyone to know that I wasn't coping very well
0: because I've always looked like someone who was um well you, you've I had do, a you've I had a successful mostly. career haven't you so you've, yeah. you've kind of been in this I can do woman space oh yeah
1: I'm that problem solver I'm the fixer
0: <laughs> and so to be yeah. the sick person or the person who's undergoing vulnerability was really tough
1: it was really tough because I was in a working environment where I was relied on mm-hmm. um to deal with a lot of I was in a in a secondary school, an assistant principal, anyone who's been in that space knows the day-to-day things it's um, that you're dealing with. Um, a lot of other people's um, anger and unhappiness and fear. So you have to be, you know, cheerful and strong and reliable um, and emotionally stable, which I am. But um, it was... The program helped me to know myself better mm-hmm.
0: um to like myself that's huge more. Can, um can, yeah it, can, it's hard to explain can i ask a little question just coming back and i'm curious to hear your authentic answer here but i know in myself and in watching many many clients the efforts the energy we put into faking and being that strong person and being the happy person and hiding what we're feeling and kind of pushing through life and almost performing life because we know we can and in 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 many ways we don't know what else to do but shifting out of that paradigm and suddenly going oh my goodness I'm vulnerable right now I need to ask for support I need to offer myself support I need to kind of claim my vulnerability and work with it so my Mm -hmm. brain can adjust because that's that's the neuroplasticity process neuroplasticity is about being honest and authentic right Yes. And if you're sad, you're sad. If you're angry, you're angry. My question is, did you notice a change in your energy levels once you stopped pushing through and performing and being that strong person all the time and allowing yourself to flow more fluidly with nature? Did you notice a change in your... Probably... I don't know if I noticed a change in my energy levels, but I was certainly
1: more relaxed. Yeah. Now, I didn't necessarily recognize this but at one point i said to my husband oh i've spent this money on this program and you know i'm doing the modules but i don't know whether you know it's been worth it and he looked at me and he said what do you mean he said it's clearly been worth it you're you know i can see the difference so he could see the difference um he you know because of course i always probably expressed my little stresses to him and nobody else. Um, but he just felt that I was it's funny, it has flown. Like we've I've just been away camping for 14 days. Well done. Um, and I I you know we've camped over the years and I do all that sort of stuff a little bit. But I I'm a I've always been a nervous flyer and I've always been a bit anxious about the unknown until I get there and I'm, you know, then I'm absolutely fine. But I, you know, I took four flights in two weeks. I took a helicopter flight. I'd never been on a helicopter and I wasn't scared. Um, not one bit. And I really feel that that is all a result of this. Mm. Um, it's funny. It's hard, it's hard to say because that's not what I was setting out to do. I was just setting out to deal with vertigo, um, but the flow-on effect has been broader than that.
0: Absolutely, <clears throat> and I think it is—it's subtle and profound. Because I think I remember when you were talking about um, your husband making those comments, and I think was that—that that was during the program, wasn't it? It was. Mm.
1: That Probably was a, about midway.
0: Yeah, and I think it's very common for people who are going through neuroplasticity. So this is really for anyone who's in the process now while you're listening to this interview. It is subtle and it does take a huge leap of faith. And un- undoubtedly there are people out there who get really big outcomes and, and they, they, they get these amazing joy feelings and, and confidence feelings and, and, you know, it's, it's obvious. But for mm. other people, it's really subtle. It's like one tiny neuron at a time. Mm is changing and it's almost invisible and sometimes it it takes an outside person to step back and say wow i can really see how you've changed it can be more obvious to other people because when you're living it it's like you're just slowly slowly getting your confidence back Mm. and getting your can do back Mm. and and it can feel um, almost invisible or too subtle to be to be yeah. conscious of can yeah. I ask did you notice a change to yourself the relationship to yourself if you think back to Julie before you started the neuroplasticity process and rock steady and yeah. to now has there been any change in the way you relate to yourself or treat yourself yeah there
1: has and you know I'm such a rational person you know I'm I i have not ever uh, you know, opened up to spirituality, or I mean, I've always done a little bit of mindfulness and things like that, but so I'm just this sort of regular person <laughs> who you know believes in the concrete. Because I think some people, when they'll look at a program like yours, will think, Oh, it's going to be you know, all this meditate, you know, meditation and all this sort of you know, delving into yourself, and a lot of people are uncomfortable with that, and I certainly. um was, you know, to a certain level. But I will I will do things now that I would never have done before for you know, like yesterday I gave myself a really big hug because I'd done something, I can't even remember what it was, that was I think I'd thought, Oh, am I feeling a bit wobbly today? And I stood there with my eyes closed and I went, Yeah, you're moving a little bit, but that's no big deal. You're fine. Good on you. Hug. Now I would never have <laughs> done that before um, because I was acknowledging that I, uh, how far I've come. So my symptoms are probably some of, not the BPPV, but the general, because I also felt general unsteadiness a lot.
0: I would say you probably had a mild form of triple PD. It's that yes. 24-7 fear and anxiety. Yes, that me is- too, me too, Which- yes.
1: So it may not have gone away. I can't actually tell for sure. I have a feeling that it's still there, at least in part, but my whole ability to deal with it has changed so that it is such a background thing now instead of a foreground thing, that if it is still there, then it doesn't bother me, so who cares? Um, If it's gone, good. Uh, But the symptoms have been, they used to be the main deal Mm. and now they're not. And Mm. that's so liberating. Um, You know, I did, I guess at the beginning I knew there was a, I knew it was possible for this to happen because I've had tinnitus for about 20 years and it's never bothered me in the same way that the vertigo did And so I knew that there was something in my brain that had dealt with the tinnitus differently, Mm -hmm. Um, even though it's really loud sometimes. But I know it will stop being loud in about 10 minutes. So I just sort of um, it's never got on top of me like the vertigo did.
0: Do you want me? I just I'll add a little bit of something to that for people mm. who are listening. We yes. have all these very um complex and sophisticated filter systems in our brain, and when things are perceived as just a normal passing phenomena, like a windy day, you know mm. the clouds passing or a little patch of rain. So when we have a little bit of um, unstable, dizzy feelings or tinnitus feelings, these can pass through our brain, and the filters will just say, "Oh." That's no big threat, no big alarm, no problem. And they do their magic and they actually filter them out so we can't perceive them again. And... In the brain, we have all of these mapping networks. So you do have dizzy pathways and you do have tinnitus pathways and they're there 24-7. They live in your brain. But the, the question is, can we perceive them? Are we aware of them? So it's like, are they just sitting at the back kind of dormant and asleep and very weak? Or are they right at the front taking over our life and it's just tinnitus, tinnitus, tinnitus or dizziness, dizziness, dizziness? And so these filter systems are, are things that we can help to activate to put them into the background. Because at the end of the day, you can't eliminate them. It's not like a splinter in your toe that you get your tweezers and pull it out. But how people heal and recover is by overcoming the fear and actually resetting the filter systems. So as Julie said, you can have little blips of symptoms, but then they pass again in this no big deal fashion where it doesn't impact on your life. And it's really important people recognize that humans are dynamic, we're random, And no one is 24-7, 100% of the time, happy, calm, stable, in inverted commas, normal. That's all a myth. Every single human being has woozy moments. It's just that people who haven't experienced vestibular um, symptoms or disorders, those woozy moments come and go with almost no attention. It's just it comes and goes and people just barely mention it. And same with tinnitus, tinnitus noises come and go in all normal human beings. But if it's no big deal for you, it's just like it, it's in the background of your life. So I think it's not about eliminating symptoms. That's unrealistic and likely to lead to the poorest outcome. So for those of you listening who are trying to 100% eliminate with certainty, it's just not, that's not the way humans operate. And the reality is, is that Julie or I could get BPBV or tinnitus this afternoon. Like You can't predict the future. These things happen. The rock steady process and the healing process is how do I manage that? How do I treat it? And as Julie beautifully demonstrated, how do I support myself in those moments when I get a blip? So that it becomes a passing phenomena that's elegant instead of a week-long, month-long, year-long trauma that is never resolved. Yeah. So I think you've done a beautiful job at really learning how to nurture yourself, how to support yourself. And how did it feel when you first treated your own BBVV and you did it on your terms at home? You know, how did that feel? It was liberating,
1: really, Um, because, um, well, it worked.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Congratulations.
1: I I felt better straight away. Um, instead of what normally would happen is if something, um, if I had an episode of that, you know, which only lasts for a few minutes in itself, um, even after I'd done the manoeuvre, I would still feel very wobbly, you know, sometimes for two weeks. Mm. Um, But some of that is, you know, the neuroplasticity stuff of, of your brain expecting to be a certain way and you believing it's going to be that way, and so it is. Um, What happened was because I knew that I could deal with it successfully on the spot, um, my recovery was much quicker. I still might feel a bit bit unstable for a few days, but Mm -hmm. I would do my exercises, um, Mm -hmm. the ones that I felt ready to even if it was just the sitting in the chair one to start with um and gradually just build up knowing that it was going to work and mm. knowing that in a couple of days I'd be I'd be fine and it's interesting I did my back two weeks ago lifting my grandson oh. um he's not very heavy but I just did it the wrong way around and at first I know the physio said i went to the physio he said oh you know it can take six weeks to get over something like this and i thought six weeks and i started to panic and how am i going to be able to mind him next week and what am i going to do and then i thought oh just take this just like all the stuff i've learned from joey i applied it to this situation i stopped kind of catastrophizing i stopped looking too far into the future i just did the things that i knew worked like lots of walking Mm -hmm. and trying to relax and you know in two weeks I was fine and so I've learned life lessons not just lessons about Mm. you know and going back to the self-managing that's a life lesson I've learned that I can do it because I think control was always a bit of an issue Yep. When you're used to being in control and something happens and it feels out of your control, you're always looking for a way to grab that control back. It's very hard to concede it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I feel now is I've got this range of strategies um, to deal with the thing in the moment but also to deal in a much more emotionally relaxed way with the recovery part.
0: And do you feel um, your balance has improved? Your overall balance? Um, well, yeah, I do. I did lots
1: of. We did lots of hiking on this um, camping trip up in northern Australia, and um, through these gorges where we had to scramble over big rocks and do all sorts of things. And I'm usually hopeless at that, and I wasn't very good, but I did it all um, because I I knew I could. Um, well done. So yeah, it's um. I wasn't afraid that I wouldn't have the balance to do it. I just thought, oh, I can, yeah, just one step at a time. Um, Beautiful. And I'll get there. I didn't worry too much about, uh, you know, 10 minutes ahead. I just did the bit in front of me.
0: Staying <laughs> um, present. Yeah. And so I'm curious, if you think back to the Julie who was living in fear mm. and the woman she was and the woman you are now, so now you've got a huge amount more resilience and self-reliance yes and probably independence would you say
1: yes because I'm not reliant on medical practitioners the way that I was before I was always a bit anxious about being too far away from that sort of help that I might need um and I've also, I was also on some medication and I stopped taking that, you Amazing. know, with my doctors. It wasn't much, but just, you know, I was taking something to take the edge of anxiety. Um, and I'd taken that off and on ever since the very first episode, 10 years ago, I'd, you know, I'd get it myself into a complete lather, Then I'd take this um, medication, which worked for me. I'd take it for three months then I'd wean myself off, then I'd go for nine months and then I'd have another panic about something and I'd go back on it, you know, that kind of thing. Um, this time I feel like I don't even need to go there anymore. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's where I feel like I'm much more um, self-reliant. Yeah.
0: And I always urge people to think about the heart of the matter and living a wholehearted life and starting to transcend symptoms and really go into that place of, yes, I do this because I want to do it. So yeah. I'm rather than making decisions based on fear and avoidance and all, oh, well, I better not do that because I might get dizzy or I might burn out or I might, you know, so it's living this kind of eggshell life of, of avoidance and fear-based decision-making. Yeah. The Rocksteady process and Beautiful Balance process is really about saying, connecting with love a wholehearted existence honoring yourself your connection your purpose and being able to say yes I do this because I want to yes how has that impacted you on a day-to-day level and moving forwards Yep. well I'm going to
1: start riding my bike again which I haven't done for for
0: about two years Um,
1: because you know I stopped that because I felt my balance wasn't that great and I wasn't enjoying it so i I'm, I'm going to go back and start as soon as the weather gets a bit better. Um, I Yeah, I just feel I'm not thinking about saying no to things because I might not be able to do it. I don't know that I'm doing, that I will end up doing it. So I'm still not going to jump out of a plane. Or I'm not going to do anything crazy. Um, I'm still going to mostly be the me that I have been. But I'm not going to avoid things I've started to just think um yeah it's hard to explain I if there's something that I want to do I'm going to do it I feel like I have the uh, I don't know it's, it's hard to explain you know it's not like this huge change I don't want people to think that Um, someone has has gone from you know zero to 100 from the the program it's more subtle than that but it's it's so life-changing in in a subtle way I guess
0: can I I ask do you feel you commit to yourself more now than you would have um I forgive myself more
1: uh Mm -hmm. if I if I, I don't want to do something, it, it, not related to vertigo, just related to anything, if there's something, you know, demands on me from other people, um, I'm better at saying, uh, "Yep, I'd like to help, but I can't do that today. I could maybe do that, you know, later in the week." Or, um, I'm just, I think I'm just kinder to myself. Mm-hmm. And um, um, and I am a bit, bra- I am a bit braver. I, did want to be brave. <laughs> um, I'll never be super brave. But um, I'm, I feel
0: like
1: I, I can back myself a bit more.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's huge. The kindness, the forgiveness, being more brave little by little. Mm. And, you mm. know, the definition of being brave is that you're actually experiencing fear. Yeah. If, if there's no fear, it's impossible to demonstrate any courage or bravery. So yeah. we're always going to be feeling a bit shaky when we're brave. But it's, I mean, these these are huge things. I mean, I know in my experience, living with self-criticism and this sense of shoulds and I'm not good enough and I'm abnormal, I mean, that stuff is exhausting. And there's no way I can be the best version of me when that voice is the loudest voice in my head. So I know firsthand that when we shift into this place of forgiveness and slowing down and presence and kindness and courage, Little by little, things really start to change. It's like watch this yes, space. And, it's, and it definitely has a role on effect, I think, like you mentioned. that I love the fact it goes way beyond symptoms. And the program is definitely not about focusing on symptoms. It's quite the opposite. It's like, okay, you've got these symptoms. Let's, let's build something new to create the desired outcomes that, that you're searching yes. for. So as a closing kind of little piece of wisdom, and this is not about offering advice or telling people what to do, of course, but as a human on the planet, who's gone through this neuroplasticity process, you've invested both time and money and courage into supporting yourself to do that. What little piece of little nugget, little golden piece of wisdom might you offer the listeners?
1: That's, you know, a golden piece of wisdom. Um, I'm not sure that I have one of those. I just think don't let your life keep going on the way it has if it makes you miserable um, and it stops you doing things that you'd really like to do. Everyone will find a different way of intervention. Some people like me, might go for a really long time and think there is no way I can get through this successfully. Um, Find a program that that resonates with you. And for me, it was this program because it was holistic. Um, And just give yourself over to it. Um, I'm a rationalist. I, you know, I thought, oh, I I don't know if this is going to work. Um, But it's based in science and um, that really appealed to me. But it wasn't just about that. It was about the emotional side too because you can't have the physical symptoms without it having a huge emotional toll. Mm
0: -hmm. And I
1: didn't want to waste any more of my life. So I hope that um, my experience might just encourage some of you to do the same. Mm -hmm. Um, I finished the program about four months ago and I'm still feeling really good, Um, (laughs) probably better than when I finished the program.
0: Yeah. And I think if all goes well and if all of those neuroplasticity processes are starting to embed into your life, you will keep getting better and better and better and better and better and better. So it's it's not like you reach an end point and then it's like done um it, it's so dynamic and i think i'm i'm still noticing it in myself i'm getting stronger and stronger and more open and more loving and what a gift you know yeah what a gift yeah. and and i think this is the world needs more of this so thank you so much for being a trailblazer julie i know that there's a lot of people out there who don't believe in recovery and they don't think it's possible mm. and i just encourage everybody to be humble and open up to what might be possible because, you know, some of the listeners out there might be some of our future recovery case studies. Well, I hope
1: so because it makes a huge difference to your life if you can put your symptoms into perspective mm-hmm. and um, realise that it's possible to have a really, um, a really good life even if they're sitting there in the background. You just want them in the background, not the foreground.
0: Absolutely. And, and, the, and ideally moments when you don't notice them at all, they're completely Well, absent. that's
1: right. And I, I don't notice my symptoms
0: for now
1: for weeks at a time.
0: Yeah. And when I do notice them,
1: I have strategies to deal with it and I can deal with it in 15 minutes.
0: That's amazing. So happy. Mm-hmm. So happy for you. Thanks, Joey. I'm sure we'll stay in touch and you'll be in and out and around. We've got the pretty active Facebook group, but yep. thank you so much. And if you would like to join any of the live program calls, you can. Okay. Jump in and out, but it sounds like you're on your way and you're back to living life the way you want to live it, which is really what it's all about.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm certainly feeling better than I have in a really long time.
0: You deserve it. Thanks. So... Thanks. If you want to learn more about what Julie and I've been talking about, visit seekingbalance.com.au. The Rocksteady process is self-study. You can do it in your own time. It's a 12-week guided professional recovery toolkit. And I offer private therapy, which is my Beautiful Balance program. And that's a six-month commitment. And you can work with me and I will support you through that intensive neuroplasticity process, which, as Julia said, can be very subtle but life-changing. So, Julie, congratulations. Thank you so much for your time. You know, I'm just, I'm just rapt that I've been able to meet you and go through the process beside you. So thank you. Thank you, Joey. Bye for now. Bye.